All right, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning service. We are going to have a fantastic time together today. Amen. Uh, if you don't know, this is Mrs. Pastor, or as I like to call her, her 75th birthday celebration.
Several ministry <laughs> friends um, who have made a video to say thank you. All right, let's go. Ahead. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday and many happy returns of the day. May God bless you, give you the joy, the peace, the prosperity, health. We are so blessed. What a humble and loving spirit you have. All these years since we have known you, you have blessed us and the kindness, uh, the humbleness that you have is unmatched. And on your 75th birthday, both of us wish you a very, very happy birthday. May God bless you. Wishing you a very happy and blessed birthday, Sister Samples. Thank you for being part of our life and you have been such a great inspiration and blessing to our family and a big support to our mission work. Thank you for being part of us and I want you to have a blessed birthday, enjoy your day and may the Lord be with you. And you have a very long life with every good blessing yes. that comes from Allah. Amen. And once again, wishing you a very, very happy birthday. Hey everybody, this is Ray Bench, Many Waters International. Just wanted to say a very special happy birthday to Mrs. Samples. I'm traveling today, so I'm a little bit uh, casual. I apologize for that, but I wanted to get this video in. Janine's not with me. I'm uh, actually on the road for about two and a half weeks over six churches. And uh, just wanted to make sure and get this video to you. Mrs. Samples, we sure love you. We thank God that you never quit. And, um, you know, as I travel here on the road today... I was at this place and I just had to say to myself, I thank God that the great Samples family isn't here. I thank God that they're moved of God to another location. I thank God that they live in a place of great victory. Amen. And that no matter what people have done to this family, they still stand for Jesus Christ. So God bless you, all of the Samples. We love you, Janine and I do. And I want to especially take just this moment to shout the victory. That Pastor Janice, you never quit. You never gave up. And no matter what happened in your life, God brought a great victory, not only to you, but through you to so many people. Call you blessed today. Bye-bye. Hello, Mrs. Pastor. This is Tony Cook, and I found out from Pastor Bernie that you have a really special day today. And uh, I just want to let you know how much Lisa and I love and appreciate you. And, and you're just such a sparkle and a wonderful person. We thank God for you and thank God for your faithfulness over all these years. And it's just a joy to come to you with many of your family and, of course, your church family. Uh, we love and appreciate you. Wish you the happiest of birthdays. God bless. From snowy Montana, we say. Happy 75th birthday, Janice. You're an awesome woman of God. We love you. God bless you this year more and more. Amen. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Pastor, Pastor Janice. Janice. It's our wish that you have the best birthday ever on this journey here on the earth. You are an amazing woman, full of God's love, kindness, and wisdom. It has been our privilege to get to know you and your wonderful family that you've raised up. And it's our prayer and our wish for you this year is that you would grow in the levels, new levels of God's grace and glory upon your life. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, I'm Gary and this is my wife, Nita Regich. Hi. And we're here to wish 
the First Lady Janice samples an awesome happy birthday today in the name of Jesus. But it is the fear of the Lord. I've watched you raise all of your children and be a wife to Bernie and be a friend to us. And I want to thank you for it. And I just know your birthday, your 75th birthday, <laughs> seven, five. Oh my goodness. Three quarters of a century is <laughs> just wonderful. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jan. Have an awesome day in Jesus' name. Love you. Praise God. We love you all, Janice. Vicki and I love you. My family loves you. Thank God for your life in Christ, your family. You've done so well being a wife and a mom, and, and, and you just keep it up. 75 years, and look at us go. And uh, we now have wisdom and strength that we didn't have when we were young. We had a different kind of strength. And I speak over you health, long life, strong life, and the most influence you've ever had to help God's people. Oh, and by the way, notice I'm not in the desert with you. <laughs> you need to pray for all of us back here in the cold country. We love you. See you soon. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> that is awesome to hear from everybody across the country like that. Amen. That's just beautiful. And that's just a glimpse of the lives that she's impacted of ministers. And I know how much she's impacted all of us, but ministers just around the world have been impacted by her life. But for, for this moment in time, if you've been impacted by her mothering, if you could come to the front with us, that would be great. I think she's talking about her Family. children that this, she's these front row birth people. to. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been impacted by her as a mother and grandmother, if you could come join us up here. There you go. Family. Amen. Come on, my siblings. Come here. Don't be afraid. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mom wants to introduce them this morning. So, all right. If you don't know, uh, this is six out of the eight children in our family, and I'll let mom introduce all of them, and of course, uh, some some others, uh, you know, forgive them, some of them are a little bit, you know, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't know, I'll explain later. <laughs> all right, well, okay, i got to do this by age, okay? This is Jason Cook, he's my oldest son, and... <laughs> His beautiful wife, Lou, from the Philippines, now American citizen. Yeah. And this is little Micah, and he is two years old today. We share a birthday. So that's Jason. And then this tiny little bouncing baby boy down here, this is Benjamin Cook. He's from uh, Jonesboro, Indiana, and his wife and two kids aren't with us, but they are in spirit, huh? Yeah, and I forgot that uh, Jason and Lou are from uh, Covington, Georgia. Okay, now down here we have... You all know Joshua. He's my third-born son. And his lovely wife, Julie. Stay with my wife. And, yeah. okay, you're the one, two, three, fourth-born son, yes. <laughs> Pastor Dave and his lovely wife, Katie. Okay, and then four, five. Okay, and then I prayed for 13 years for this beauty down here. This is my daughter, Annie. Isn't she beautiful? 
And this is her husband, Colin, Army veteran, war veteran. Let's give him a good round of applause. Thank you, Colin, for your service. This is my granddaughter, Violet. And it's her birthday tomorrow. This is my granddaughter, Kiana, Annie's daughter. And look, I want I want you to see that there there are girls in our family. So there's a girl. There's a girl. There's look. This is Bella. See, turn around so they can see the front of her better. She a beauty. She's a girl. <laughs> okay, let's see. I got all that. Um, Joe. Oh wait a minute. I got a, okay. Okay, you know Joel and Isaac, David and Case, and this is Joe, our youngest. And he's going to be joining us here in the ministry when he gets out of the Marines. Brooklyn, New York. Annie's, Annie and Connor from Edinburgh, Indiana. And this is my sister, Beth. And she's from Rhode Island. So, and then, of course, you know my hubby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're now heckling each other like normal good family. Can you go in the middle? You know how family photos go, right? <laughs> Especially with this many people. Hi, Mom. We love you. Happy birthday. Julie made that for you. Okay. Can we all attempt to squeeze? We're going to attempt. Okay. So those of you who... Those of you who are good with squatting, can you come forward? And then those of you who are tall, move in the back. This is every time you take a family picture, right? Like, why do we have to explain to the tall people that you go in the back? You go in the back, tall people. Kneel, kneel. Squat a little bit. Act like you like him. Okay. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Okay. Praise God. Okay. All right. You can be seated. (laughs) Aren't you glad to know that our family's normal like yours? Praise God. Okay. So we introduced family, and now we're going to tell you what's happening in church family. Are you ready for that? That's right. Announcement time. Hallelujah. Yes. It's a little bit less crazy. Um, There is still service tonight, just so you know that, at 6 o'clock. And tomorrow night is Lift Family Art Night. So if you have not made it to Dollar Tree or Dollar General to go get your little canvas, go get a little canvas, a cheap little canvas. The church is supplying the paint and the paint brushes, but you just bring you and your family and we're going to make a mess and make art together. And it really is super duper fun. Super fun. So don't miss out on that. It's tomorrow night at 630 in Victory Hall. And also coming up is the Missions Yard Sale. All right. That is Saturday the 18th at Raymond's house. Raymond is serving in children's, but he's at the corner. I'm not supposed to say that on the internet. I put it on the screen. So oh, it's on the yeah, screen. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. It's over. Okay, at the corner of Virginia and Muriel, if you ever break down there, you just knock on Raymond's door and he's got it taken care of. I watched him do that this morning, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. He was helping a guy. Anyway. He's a good man. Missions Yard Sale is on Saturday the 18th at Raymond's house at the corner of Virginia Way and Muriel. And it is at 10 a.m. I think 
10 a.m. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. to what? Cindy's in the back yelling at me. <laughs> Until it's sold out. 7 a.m. to forever. All Get right. there early. Come buy stuff Three. so they can go home. All right. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Ruth and Julius Morar, yes. who were the missionaries at the very beginning of the video, they're going to be with us on the 26th. And he's super funny when he preaches, okay? So don't miss that. It's like the best Sunday morning. So make sure that you're here on the 26th. Um, Ruth and Julius will be with us that Sunday. And then guess what? Easter is coming. It comes every year, okay? But we are doing a big, big old scripture egg hunt like we always do. And the planning is already in the works. And it's just a really great opportunity to bring your friends and neighbors and family members to get them to celebrate what Jesus has done for us and also to get them in when they don't really want to come in. You know what I mean? <laughs> bait them in. Um, but in the meantime, in order to continue the bait and bless our kids, we need you to bring candy and eggs yes. so that we have more than enough to bless all of these kids. So the key with the candy and the eggs is this. Don't bring chocolate. Right. You can buy chocolate and eat the chocolate, but if we put the chocolate outside on Easter Sunday morning, it all melts. And then it goes to your house and it's nasty. So, no chocolate. Pretty please. Lots of eggs, lots no. of candy. If you do want to bring chocolate, you can just drop it off to me and I'll handle it from there, okay? That's, you can bring it, just give it straight to me and I'll, I'll, I'll properly dispose of it or whatever. Alright? And then he'll repent for his gluttony. What? Oh, okay. Anyway, Go praise ahead. God. We set the elliptical up in our room just in case you're judging our health. Anyway, the elliptical is going quite We're well. We're too. working on it. Amen. Okay, well, on that note, if you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? We've got a gift for you. We have a gift for you. We love you. Amen. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Welcome. It's crazy like this all the time, but I'm glad that you're with us and we love Jesus. Um, if you would turn your information card into the info booth, um, we would like to keep in contact with you. Tell you we love you. Okay, All it's right. happy time. All right, yes. I'm going to have uh, Pastor come on up this morning, and we're going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. What's that? What, did one of my brothers want to say something? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, praise the Lord. If you uh, need an envelope, you can raise your hand. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. I was thinking when we came up that we're supposed to give testimonies about she's been a mother to us. Yes, she's been a mother to me for 40 years. <laughs> she tells me when to get up and when to lay down. When it's my turn to preach, she's always mothering somebody all the time. That's, that's in their DNA, isn't it? That's what, how, how many here are married, married to a wife mother? <laughs> a wife mother. It's in, it's in your wife to always be mothering you. Showed you what to do. Amen. Anyway, it's, it's wonderful to be married to a woman such as this. Let's give a hand to Mr. Pastor again. Amen. Such, such a blessing, mother of the church. All right, open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. And so many people don't really realize how important money is to Jesus for you. How many believe that Jesus wants to bless you in your life financially? Wow. Pastor Dave, I'll get them woke up before you get up here. 
Amen. How, how many go to church and never heard the word taught? Is this working? How many go to church and never heard the Bible taught? Amen. Amen. Does the Bible teach that God wants to bless you? Amen. Well, we just like to remind you what the Bible says. The book of Hebrews basically is a book about the present day ministry of Jesus. A lot of people know they've been taught that Jesus died for their sins, was raised from the dead, and they thought that was all over with. In the book of Hebrews, it teaches you that Jesus is the Lord of your confession, what you say, how you talk, to watch over your words so he can bless you. The Bible teaches in Hebrews that Jesus right now is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. The Bible teaches Hebrews 7 verse 8. Now look at this. A lot of people don't realize this. Verse 8 says, And here men that die receive tithes. That's talking about on earth where preachers are. We receive we receive money to run the church, to run the ministry, to help missionaries, etc. But it says, But there he, that's Jesus, there is in heaven receiveth them, of whom does witness that he liveth. And what that means is this, that we as preachers can teach you the Bible, we can pray for you, and we can help you in life, but we receive tithes for Jesus, but Jesus is the one, the Spirit, that receives your faith and your commitment because he's the one that can truly bless you. It says, there he receiveth them. And so Mrs. Pastor and I, all, all of our Christian life, we always, when we make out a tithe check, we make it out at home when we get paid, and we give it to Jesus there. We, we pray, and we give that to the Lord. Then by the time we get to church, preacher receives it but jesus does it first because he's the blesser how do you believe that he is the blesser all right let's stand up and we'll make our financial faith confession and then you can bring your ties up to the altar and uh what what we always like to make sure remind you of the altar is a place of worship a place of sacrifice and when you break when you bring your tithe up when you bring your offering up just be thanking the lord on the way up that he's your blesser. Thank you for what he's done for you. Thank you for what you believe he's going to do for you. And just thank him that he's the one that receives this because he is the blesser. Amen? Well, let's make this confession. As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, Rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, find of money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give justly to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. want you can join us up front at the altar for worship let's worship the Lord together
So let's sing with Miss Summer here. Let's give it a shot. Let's sing that summer. So with all my heart, I lift let's you up. With all my heart, I lift you up. And with all my soul, I lift you up. With all my soul, I lift you up. And with all my strength, I lift you up. With all my strength, I lift you up. And with all I am, I lift you up. With all I am, I lift you up. And with all my heart, I lift you up. With all my heart, I lift you up. And with all my soul, you up, say. With all my soul, I lift you up. And with all my strength, I lift you up. Say. With all my strength, I lift you up. And with all I am, I lift you up. Say. No greater thing I know, no greater peace I know, no greater hope I know. 
will sing the song forever. And amen. And the angels, and the angels cry. Lifted high. 
2023 Colossians 2 7 so I'm going to hit pause on that on that series today and we're going to do a little bit of a different sermon that doesn't it's not a part of the of our series called roots and I just thought today you know with the with the occasion that we're celebrating uh, that I'd like to kind of base the message today a little bit off of that and so the title to today's message is called Ingredients of a Victorious Family. Ingredients of a Victorious Family. And, uh, and so I'm just basing this off of a lot of the, the wisdom and, uh, the, the characteristics that I've seen out of my mom's life all of these years. And I can do this because all of you guys love her and, and respect her so much too. But we're definitely going to be going through, uh, some characteristics, some keys to having a victorious Family. Now, I'm not going to say perfect family because none of us have a perfect family, right? Because our families are made up of people and there's no perfect people except for Jesus and we killed him. So we're going to have to get this together here and we're going to, uh, we're going to look at what it takes to have a victorious family. And because you guys know that HDWC, our whole purpose is being a family church. And what do we do? 
All right, we're getting there. We are equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And we do all of that through the Word of God. Amen. And so today is a little bit of a challenge uh, for me uh, speaking because uh, those of you who are members here regularly know that Pastor Josh and I have taken turns roasting each other publicly for years. Who's been here for some of those epic moments? I mean, I don't know what to say about that. It's probably a bad example to the children. But uh, this past year, I told everybody that for Josh's birthday, all he wanted was a hug from everybody in the church. And so while I was over at Jenny's eating a burrito and some uh, some salsa, Josh had a line of 200 people giving him individual hugs. And yeah, he, he was pretty mad about that. I don't even know if he's in here right now. But uh, a few weeks ago, when we gave him the chance to preach, uh, he dug up a picture of me picking my nose at a Taco Bell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was a staged photo. It was intentional. It was when I was in college. But he decided to bring that up to the whole congregation. And so my challenge today is this, is that... Um, I have potentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There are six of the eight children that my mother gave birth to. Uh, not my, six, All six of the children she gave birth to, six of my eight siblings in the service today. And I don't want to pick on them, but I'm just going to say I'm going to be led by the Spirit and whatever He tells me to do and say I'm going to do. Can we get an amen? It's going to be a good day. This is going to be a home run of a day. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite excited. So... Um, yeah, if you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. Amen. And, you know, my mom, she is full of love and compassion. And uh, But those of you that know her know that she will be straightforward. She'll tell you the truth and uh, because the truth will set you free, according to John 8, 32. When you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And so, you know, a lot of you guys know the loving, kind side. You know the straightforward side. And those of us, you know, we know the the maternal side of her. I was just reminded of a story, actually, coincidentally, believe it or not, out of nowhere. Um, one time when my brother Joe over here, he decided, so uh, when he was about, I don't know, 13 years old, back in the day, you know, we didn't have smartphones to do all of our video recording on. We had these big old things, you know, a camcorder, right? And you would like like set it on your shoulder or something almost, like a boombox. And, and so he decided it would be a brilliant idea to hide the video camera in a pile of laundry, go outside and just bonk the car horn just to see if he could get a reaction out of mom. Well, we captured a golden moment. I don't have the video. The VHS tape has, we've been looking for it for 15 years. But anyway, he's laying on the horn just to annoy my mom. Can you believe that? And so my mom walks right in front of the video camera, not knowing it's there. And she's like, knock it off and yells right in front of the camera. And she said something else. It wasn't a curse word, but it wasn't nice. And I won't repeat that. Just, I don't want to make her look bad because we're trying to make them look bad. So it was, um, it was, but that was a classic moment, man. I love that kid. So anyway, um, but as I look back on my childhood, and, I, and I'm sharing today to help us as families, that's what we do, and our family is not perfect at all, but I'm just saying my mom and my dad passed down some really good godly biblical uh, character traits that have helped us through the years. And the greatest gift that you know I can say that I had, we, we didn't grow up with a bunch of money, that's for sure, and we didn't grow up with, never had a brand new car ever, uh, none of that type of stuff, but the biggest gift that they have given us is the example of being consistent and faithful Christians. 
And I know a lot of people, man, they maybe grew up with money or, or things or possessions, but they weren't taught how to serve the Lord. And you got to know right now, you may be thinking like, man, I wish I could buy my kids this. I wish I could just give my kids all this. And that, that's fine. But those things don't last. You can buy them that iPhone and by next month it's going to be outdated and they're already going to be, you know, behind the times, right? You can buy them whatever it is and it's not going to be cool just a few months from now. But if you teach them to serve God, amen, if you teach them to value his word, how to love other people, that is something that's not going to, you know, ever leave them. It's not going to go out of style and maybe to our culture it is, but that is something that they will never ever lose sight of and it'll keep them going for the rest of their lives and so there's a lot you can learn from someone that's raised a a boatload of kids one of them being my brother jason and and has been in full-time ministry for 31 years but most importantly served the lord and never looked back or backslid that's a big deal and so i just want to thank my mom today for sticking with jesus when it wasn't always easy amen and some of you moms, you know, in here today, I, you know, hey, I, I don't know what it's like to be a mom. I know what it's like to be a dad. And I think moms have a pretty hard job, in my opinion. Uh, you've got a lot on your shoulders and a lot uh, that, you know, you're responsible for. And I just shout out to you today that you can do it. All right. It isn't always easy, but stick with God's way and it'll turn out good in the end. Even if it doesn't look like it now, God's way always does work. And his word never, ever fails. Who knows that today? Amen? All right. We're going to look at a few ingredients this morning for a victorious family. And again, we're not saying a perfect family. We're saying a family that in the end is going to serve God and uh, stick together. All right. So uh, let's pray really quick. And then we're going to get right in to the word of God. Father in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much uh, for who you are. And we thank you for your gift of the word of God right here in front of us, where we can see uh, your word, where we can learn your instruction for our lives, where we can find out how to be a better man a better woman, a better husband, a a better wife, a a better anything that you've called us to be, Lord. And so I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that our hearts would be open to receive today and you'll speak to each person here in Jesus' mighty name. Can we get an amen? amen? All right, here we go. A few ingredients, four ingredients actually. Uh, to a victorious family. Number one, love and forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. Who in here is related to somebody else? Okay. Good. Good answer. Yeah, you are. Whether you know them or like them or want to claim them or not, you are related to somebody else. And I know this much that in any family, in any church family, you're going to have to learn how to love and forgive because not everybody's perfect, right? And not and they're going to do things. They're going to screw up sometimes. And Colossians 3.13 says to make allowance for each other's faults. In fact, it says that you are commanded to forgive because Jesus forgave you. And so that's something that we've got to hold on to. But I want to look here this morning at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. 
And if you're familiar with scripture, this is known as the love chapter of the Bible. And I'm not going to break down each verse in depth and detail today for the sake of time. But this chapter, these four verses, three or four verses right here, um, are the absolute definition of God's kind of love. Because I found out that when I say the word love, a lot of different people think a lot of different things. Some people think romance like a Hallmark movie. Some people think of, you know, whatever it is they made up in their mind. And I'm not interested in everybody else's definition of love or any other word. I'm interested in God's definition of that word. And so what we have here in 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 4, is uh, what the Bible would call agape love. It's the Greek word that the scripture uses, and it is an unconditional God kind of love. And so the verses we're going to read right now, this is how God loves you. And this is how we are supposed to love other people. And so 1 Corinthians 13, uh, starting here at verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And believe it or not, if we're going to love God's way, you're not supposed to be rude to other people. And, and the family and the household, that sometimes is a difficulty, but scripturally, we're not supposed to be rude to others. It does not demand its own way. Do you always have to have things your way or you throw a fit and, and you know, quit? That's not godly. It is not irritable. This one always sticks out to me. You know, where's my irritable people at? Show hands. No, don't do it. No, no, I didn't mean it. I was kidding. <laughs> Put your hands down. But we, but we know who you are anyway, but you didn't have to, you know, raise your hand. But love, the God kind of love, it's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. Wow, it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. This right here is the picture of how a Christian should behave. Now, can you imagine living in a home where every member acted like this 100% of the time? You know what that home's called? It's called heaven, and we're not there yet. It doesn't exist down here, right? And so, why? Again, because none of us are perfect. You're not going to have 100% on this God kind of love down here, but this is still the standard that we're supposed to aim for. And so just because I see something like this, like, Nobody can do that. I'm not even going to try. Oh, I'm still going to try. And I'm going to do my best to live according to God's word. Because this is how Jesus loves me. With me, he's always hopeful. He never loses faith. He, 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 he endures through every circumstance. He never gives up on me. How can I do that to other people when Jesus has been this good to me? This is the God kind of love. And I want you to see another verse here, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. I'll probably move a little bit faster than usual today because we got a lot of partying to do, but I want to get to this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, because we're not only talking about love, we're talking about forgiveness. Who in here, you really like it when Jesus forgives you? 
Yeah. And he does forgive us. And, and, and it tells us that, and in fact, in the book of Isaiah, he said, I will blot out your sins, your transgressions for my own sake and will never think of them again. That is a deep level of forgiveness right there. And in fact, he also says, I will take your sins. I will cast them as far as the, the east is from the west. He, he says, I'm just going to get rid of them. I'm not going to think of them anymore. That's how we've been forgiven. And that's how we are to forgive others. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look here at verses 14 and 15. Jesus himself said, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Everybody loves that. Look at this, verse 15. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, nobody wants to talk about that, but it's still the Bible and it's still scripture. Jesus places a very high value on forgiveness. And he doesn't hold our past mistakes over our head. And I can tell you right now, if you are ever reminded of a sin or a mistake or a failure from the past, something that you truly asked God for forgiveness for, something that you've turned your back on and you're being reminded of it, don't ever think, man, why does God keep reminding me of all my sins? He doesn't. Because he said, I'll never bring it up again. If you're being reminded of your failures and your sins and your mistakes, that's the devil. The book of Revelation says he is the accuser of the brethren. He will bring up your old, your old sins and mistakes. Hey, remember this? Man, you, oh, you, do you remember that you ought to be ashamed of yourself? That is a wicked thing for the devil to do to you, and that's a wicked thing for you to do to somebody else. If they've asked for forgiveness, if they've repented, how dare us bring it back up to them again? If we say, hey, I forgive you, I mean that. I forgive you. I'm not going to bring it up again. And I would appreciate it if you didn't bring it up to me again. That's the true forgiveness of God. If we would forgive others, we ourselves would be forgiven. And if I'm being honest, I've done some pretty bad things to Jesus before. I've done things like made a commitment and then broken it. I've done things like, if you forgive me, I'll never do that again, and then done it again. And yet he's forgiven me again. How could I not treat my brothers and sisters, not only in the family, but in Christ and in, in this world? How could I not treat other people the same way? That, that That's not scriptural. That's anti-Bible. And so we are to forgive and to forget. Who knows that today? Amen? And it can be easier said than done. Right? It's not always easy to forget everything. And I know, you know, growing up in a big family, there's things that, you know, you do to each other. I'm sure that I've done things to these guys. I can't think of any, but I can think of some of the things that they've done to me. And uh, <laughs> so this, I told you this is my chance. I'm not going to blow this. I don't know when this will happen again. But I've shared this story before, but it's worth sharing again because it's a beautiful and inspirational story of forgiveness and love and dropping it. And so when I was in high school, um, I started dating Pastor Katie when we were 17 years old. And um, and so we started dating. And here's the thing. Uh, she had to be off of the phone by 10 p.m. And 
her dad stuck to that rule. <laughs> and uh, and so if it was 10, she had to get off the phone. So I worked at a chicken restaurant. I fried chicken. And, and so I got it closed at 9. And if we cleaned up the whole restaurant, I could be home maybe by 9.45. I had 15 minutes to talk to the love of my life, my one true love. And that wasn't the funny part. All right, so... So anyway, so I, I know I, I work hard, I get home, and back then we had a thing, alright, you may want to write this down, children, it's called dial-up internet, okay? So you had to use your telephone line to connect to the internet, and it made this really crazy sound. Well, we were fortunate, we had two phone lines for some, I don't know why, but we had two phone lines, one for the internet, one for talking on, and so I would get home from work, rush in the door, you know, take my apron off, throw my little visor to the side, and I had 15 minutes to make that phone call. Well, nearly every night, my little sister would be on one phone line using AOL, uh, what, AIM, what the, oh, M, oh, excuse me, she corrected, it was MSN, all right? So she was chatting online, but here's the thing, that's not the issue. The issue was, she was chatting online and talking to the same person on the phone at the same time. And this was the kids that she went to school with all day. All right. I didn't go to school with my love. All right. And so I didn't, I had 15 minutes today to talk to her. And so I'd be like, sister, would you mind if I just use one of the phone lines for 15 minutes? Then you could get back on with the same kids that you've had 12 hours with today. And, and she'd be like, you jerk. You're so selfish. How dare you? And so anyway, I would go and unplug one of the phone lines and disconnect her. Anyways, it's a, it's a whole, forget that, forget that part. That didn't happen. So, but here's what I learned from this is that, Wait, I don't know what I learned from that. Uh, I learned that. Okay, love and forgive and praise God. And it takes time. Oh, no, don't do this. Don't. You're going to do this. Oh. Chuck, cut that mic, okay? All right. Oh, there's not even a mic up here. Okay. That's good. It's I'm all right. sorry. He likes hugs anyway. Okay. So I got to tell you this because it happened lots more than once. Okay, but sweet, wonderful Pastor Dave was a little boy once too. (laughs) But mom... I was a man. I was in love. Mom's pretty close to Jesus and she doesn't change. So I... So I hear on the phone, and he's yanking things, and he's, I'm coming after you, and she's hiding in her parents' room, and leave me alone, leave me alone. And mom does the same thing mom always does. Knock it off. (laughs) And that was the extent of the 10 minutes on the phone together. Amen. So what you learn from this is stay consistent in loving your family. At some point, they'll knock it off. Okay. All right. Praise God. Okay. Yeah. They will eventually grow up. I promise not to interrupt you heckling anymore, but I need the rest of you to know it's the third time this weekend he's told that story. It's a good story. Amen. All right. I'll keep the mic if you want. There may be more stories to come. I don't know. So, all right. But hey, love and forgive. And, And it's all a joke, kind of. So we've, we forgive each other. Amen. Number two. Let's move on to number two. All right. All right, if you're going to have a victorious family, and this may sound like a joke, but it's not, you can't be a little snowflake. And what I mean by that is you can't be super sensitive and always get offended at everybody all the time. And that's good advice just for life. 
But it's really good advice for being in a family also. And so in any family, in any church family, there's no room for being easily offended. And I could preach on this for days and days, but I've only got a few minutes to talk about it. So as important as love and forgiveness is, it's equally important to learn to let things go. Can you say, let it go? Let it go. And I tell my kids all the time, I teach them this. You don't have to respond to every comment that other people make. Have you learned that? It's okay if somebody says something you don't like to just walk away and move on. You don't have to always respond. In fact, Jesus, you know, Isaiah 53 says he was being led as a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't say a word. They're hurling insults. They're hurling accusations. They're saying, you were a little this. You did that. He didn't even take the time to stop and deny it. Jesus just kept moving forward and didn't respond at all. And so we know this much, that we live in a day and age of, I would say, absurd sensitivity. You can hardly talk to anyone anymore without somebody getting their feelings hurt. And we know this. But believe it or not, what I'm going to tell you right now is that absurd sensitivity and mass offense is a sign of the end times. You're like, what? No, it's not. We've heard of wars, rumors of wars, that there would be mass technology, that there would be this. And no, Jesus said in Matthew 20, let's go there, Matthew 24, verse 10, that one of the signs of his return would be offense. People being offended everywhere. And there's a lot of things that Je- Matthew 24, the scripture, this whole passage is known as the Olivet Discourse. It's Jesus talking to his disciples on the Mount of Olives, giving a big description of what it'll be like right before the return of Jesus. And he lists thing after thing after thing after thing. And it's incredible. But this right here is a very interesting sign of the end times to me. And so Matthew 24 and verse 10 in the New King James Jesus says, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Can you believe that? Many will be offended, will betray one another, and will eventually hate one another. Now get this, this isn't talking about the non-Christian population. This is talking to God's people. And if you see this verse, there's a a progression. There's three things that happen right here. Offense leads to betrayal, and betrayal leads to hatred. How many times do you come across somebody like, oh, I hate that guy. Well, what happened? Well, he did this to me. I felt betrayed. Okay, and then, well, where did this start? And it all started with a little seed called offense. And if you don't deal with offense really quick, it'll start sprouting into a thing. And, and the next thing you know, it's got roots, and they get really, really deep really quick like a weed. And then if you don't deal with this, it becomes where you betray one another, and eventually you hate one another. And Jesus said anyone, well, excuse me, First John 4, verse 8 says, anyone who does not love does not even know God, for God is love. You can't hate some, I'm just being honest, and you may not agree with this, but you can't genuinely hate another human being and be a born-again Christian. 
There's, I mean, you may have somebody you really don't like. You may have somebody that, I mean, they have done you wrong, no doubt about it. But I can say in all honesty, there's not one person in this world that I hate. And I could say, man, I hope you die. I hope you burn. I can't say that to anybody. Why? Because the love of God somehow is in my heart. And scripture says that the love of God constrains us. It, it holds us back. The love of God, if you're really flowing in this love of God, there's times that you want to blow up on somebody. But the love of God, it's kind of like a horse. It, it pulls back and, and it constrains you. And it stops you from saying and doing things that you're going to regret in the end. We're talking about the love of God. And if you're going to have a successful and victorious family, a successful and victorious church, a successful and victorious life, you're going to have to learn how to let some things go. And I know some of you have had people do super bad things to you. And so did Jesus. They were murdering the man in front of his own mom and his own, you know, friends and family. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. I've had people do bad things. I've never had anybody nail me to a cross and, and hang me and beat me and, and in front of my family or anything like that. And if Jesus can forgive, I'm told to forgive as I have been Forgiven. There's a great verse. I don't have time to go there. Just write it down. Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. It says, Great peace have they which love the law, the word of God, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. The more that I love God's word, the more that I make it my absolute foundation in life, the stronger and stronger I get, and the harder and harder it is to offend me. And I'm, I mean, I'm making it my, one of my life goals to be unoffendable. Unoffendable. Because hey, sometimes people do offensive things to you, right? Everybody. And my goal is to be like Jesus, where in John chapter 7, Jesus' own brothers were talking trash and taunting him, and they were making fun of him, and it specifically says his own brothers didn't even believe in him. And Jesus didn't even respond. He was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to go do what I do. He didn't even respond. It's an incredible thing when you get to this level where people can say things and you're like, yeah, whatever. My boys were telling me this week, it was funny, but they're, they're telling me somebody had said something, you know, mean about me. And, and I laughed. It was, you know, it was, honestly, it was probably a true thing. <laughs> but anyway, and so, uh, first of all, I agreed with the statement that was said about me, but they were all mad, like, oh, we're gonna go do, do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, boys, let it go, it's fine. I don't even care. Why? Because I don't value that person's opinion. When you quit valuing everybody's opinion about you so much, it'll set you free. Yeah. Listen, I care about my wife's opinion. I care about a select handful of people's opinion. And I care about God's opinion about me. And as long as they're cool with me, then I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I'm not purposely being a stooge and an idiot and trying to offend people. But if you think you don't like the way I look, you don't like the car I drive, you don't like whatever, why do I care? I don't. Man, I've got much bigger things coming across my desk every week to care about something silly like that. Amen? And you're the same way. Quit valuing people's opinion about you that don't even like you. 
Amen. Get set free today. Oh, man. And so in the family unit, this is more important than ever. Back in the late 1980s, early 1990s, here comes another one. Uh, my, I've got a, an older brother named Ben, and I w- he would come home from school when Josh and I were little, and he'd be like, hey, you know what, I'll give you guys $5 if you'll take my stuff to my room, take my shoes and socks off for me, I'll give you 5 bucks." And so Josh and I would be like, oh, wow. Because, man, listen, in 1990, do you know what you could buy for $5 at Kmart? I know. You could buy cab guns and a cowboy hat is what you could buy. And so... And, and at that moment in time, my career path was to be a cowboy someday. And I, you know, I'm not ruling it out still. Like, it still happened. But it was, so five dollars. So we would do it. We'd do everything he said. Then he'd flip a nickel to us. And we'd be like, what? In Malaysia, that's worth five dollars. Okay, take it over there. You have five dollars. Why would you do that to little kids? I'm not offended. I'm just saying, why would you do that? All right. And so... Stuff like that. You're going to have to learn to overlook things uh, if you're going to be in a successful family. You know, another thing, I'm running out of time, but this is worth telling also. So I used to correct, uh, collect Wheaties uh, cereal boxes with athletes on it and Cracker Jack boxes. Well, I had this valuable box of Cracker Jacks that I had been saving. And I come home one day and it's ripped up and empty and laying on my bedroom floor. Come to find out my little brother... Joseph wanted the toy that was on the inside of it. He ripped it up, takes the little toy from the inside and just leaves it there. And I was crushed. That thing could have been worth a lot of money. And that's the money that he didn't know what I was going to give that to him when he got older. And now it's not even there. So, uh, think before you do things, people. All right. If you're going to be a victorious family, love and forgive. And then you can't be so sensitive to everything. You're going to have to learn to just let some things go. And that's not, you know, uh, giving them permission to be mean, but just let it go, okay? It's not worth the stress and the anxiety because pretty much there's nothing worse on your health than stress and anxiety and tension. All right, I'm not going into that, but that you're better off. To forgive and let some things go. Number three is this, and this is obvious, but faith. If you are going to have a victorious and successful family, it's not possible to do without faith. And we're talking about faith in God, faith in God's word. And so, you know... To say that I was raised in a faith-filled home would probably be an understatement. Uh, but listen, a, a lot of, you know, how we were hardcore, man, about faith. And, you know, at one point, we didn't even have health insurance. And I was like, Dad, what's up with that? We don't need that. We, we don't need insurance. We got blessed assurance. And I'm like, what does that even mean, all right? But listen, <laughs> he didn't really say that. That was a joke. But, you know, it, it all seemed hardcore and crazy, until I got leukemia when I was three. And then three weeks later, I walked out of the hospital without a trace of it. And then it wasn't so crazy anymore. We were really glad that we were hardcore with the Bible and hardcore with our faith. But people thought Noah was really crazy building a boat for all those years. He was crazy and off his rocker until it started to rain. Then everybody wanted to be just like him. And I'm telling you right now, if you as parents and just you as an individual will determine that your household is going to be a house of faith, other people are going to think you're a little bit crazy. And they're going to think, man, well, why don't you guys do this? 
Why don't you guys do that? Why do you guys say this? Why do you guys go there? And, and why don't you guys do this or watch that? They're going to think you're crazy until it starts raining. Then they're going to want to be in the boat with you. You're taking time to build yourself an ark right now by faith. And it may look crazy to everybody else, but I guarantee you, when things get even crazier than they already are, people are going to come to you for answers because you've got them. We've seen this over the past three years. As the whole world's fallen apart and, and, and everything's going crazy, the people of faith have been the ones that have had the answers. I want you to see Romans 1, 16 and 17. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Are you still with me today? All right, just a few more minutes here. Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. I want you to see this. And these are some important verses for you to see. Romans 1, verses 16 through 17. And, of course, this is the Apostle Paul writing. And who thinks that Paul was a man of bold faith? And this guy wasn't, he wasn't a sissy at all. He was not playing around one single bit. And so 1 Corinthians 1, 16, New King James, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now verse 17, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, here it is, the just shall live by faith. Can we say that together? The just shall live by faith. We live by faith. I'm not just inspired by faith. I don't just think it's a cute thing that we do. I don't think it's a good backup plan for plan B in case my plans don't work. No, listen to me. And I know it's the same for you. Faith isn't a cute thing that we joke about. We live by faith. It's our entire lives around here. Everything we do is based upon our faith. It's not plan B. It's plan A through Z. It's everything that we've got. If Jesus were to fail me, that's all I've got. I don't have a plan B. And I know this much. He's never going to fail me. And so I'm not even worried one single bit. He's everything. And so, you know, growing up in a faith environment, and it's like so many of you are doing right now, I'm going to tell parents, don't expect to raise kids who grow up to be strong people of faith if you don't take your faith seriously right now. Don't, don't, think, don't think that. that. That's silly. Why would they? Kids are masters at telling when someone is a phony. They are. Kids can see right through it. And, and, and you may not realize that, but if you're a fake and you're a phony and you just talk about, yeah, kids, you know, I hear people put God first, and I'm like, why don't don't even don't even tell your kids that because honestly, you're not. You're putting God tenth, eleventh, twelfth. If you've got extra time, don't expect that they're just going to grow up to be some faith warrior. Some, you know, no, no, no. You have a responsibility, parents, grandparents, to impart faith into your kids. And I take that as the most serious job in this world that I have. If I fail at that, but I've, you know, we've got a a big church and all this, then I have failed in life. If I make a bunch of money, 
but I don't raise my kids the right way. I don't care about the money anymore. I don't. I, I, I got to get this one thing right. I've got to raise kids that serve God. And they know when Satan comes after them, they know how to fight the good fight of faith. They know when the enemy comes knocking on their door in life, they know how to fight back. And they're not just going to know if I don't teach them. Parents, take it seriously. It's the most important job that you have in this world. Yeah, but I'm a manager at Santa Fe. Yeah, but I'm a supervisor at Fort Irwin. Yeah, but blah, 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 blah. We're thrilled for you. Congratulations. Your kids are more important than the trains are. You know, and this may sound, your kids are more important than the the tanks and everything. I respect your job and you're going to do the best you can. But my kids are more important to me than anything else in this world outside of Jesus and my wife. And so I'm not going to put them so far down low on the list of teaching them faith that they don't ever get it. You've got to take it serious. It doesn't just happen. Number four, all right, fourth ingredient for a victorious family, the fourth and final thing I'm going to say today. And yes, there's lots of things we could say, but you've got to narrow it down somewhere. Number four is loyalty. Loyalty. Loyalty is another characteristic that seems to be lost to our modern society. And I'm big on loyalty. I'm big on being faithful and loyal, you know, to what you've made a commitment to. And, you know, one thing that just drives me bonkers and why I don't really watch even even something like sports very much anymore, especially basketball. When I was a kid, an athlete tried to stick with his team, you know, his whole career and win a title with that team or die trying. And now you see these guys. And, you know, it's just a broader reflection of, of our society as a whole. But you get one guy stack up a big super team. And if they don't win it within two or three years, well, I'll just go somewhere else. And to me, you know, that's a silly illustration, but I, I can't stand stuff like that. If I made a commitment, I'm going to keep it, and I'd rather die than quit. I'd rather die than be called a quitter or a traitor or a backstabber. I just, I really would. And so loyalty is a really, really big thing. And check it out. Loyalty means that when something's broken, you don't throw it away, you fix it. Yeah, my, my wife's on my nerves. I'll just go get a new one. What? Huh? No, it doesn't work that way. Well, the preacher made me mad at church. Hey, there's more than one church in this town. I'll just go over there. The people, you know, on the, the, the sister so-and-so made me mad. I'll just find a new one. No, you fix the situation. You do something about it. You don't just throw it away and say, I'll get a new one. It doesn't work like that. And if it, and if that is how it works for you, then that is not going to be a very fulfilling life in the end. I'm going to look at one last thing today in Ruth chapter one. And you're like, the Ruth, is that a book in the Bible? That's a book in the Bible. So let's go to Ruth. Amen. Ruth chapter one. Have we received anything from God's word today? Amen. So Ruth, chapter 1, and I'm going to look at two verses here, verses 16 and 17. So in the book of Ruth, we see one of the most beautiful but unconventional family dynamics in Scripture. There's a woman named Naomi. She had a husband and two sons, if you've read the story. So her husband and her two adult sons, they all died. And so Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws were just left alone together. 
So these girls decided they were going to stick with her. You know, you know what? Even though our husbands are dead, we're just going to stick with you forever. So she finally convinces one of them, no, it's okay. Go back to your homeland, remarry, move on with life. But the other daughter-in-law was a girl named Ruth. And Ruth refused. She said, no, I don't care about that. I am sticking with you no matter what. Because even though the man she married was dead, she felt this loyalty in her heart. And this is a beautiful thing right here. But but here's what Ruth says to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go... I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. I'm like, whoa, this girl is not playing around. That's loyalty right there because... By law, by any other way you look at it, she didn't really owe Naomi, the mother-in-law, anything at all. She was free to move on, free to remarry, free to do whatever, but she made an oath. And for us, in 2023, more families need this. Like, hey, you know what, I, I got upset at you, but whatever, let's, let's, let's forget it. Let's say that it's water under the bridge. I love you. I need you. Let's forgive each other and move forward. More families need this. More churches need this. More everybody needs loyalty in their lives because Jesus has been extremely loyal to me and extremely loyal to you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. In fact, he said, I will be with you always, even till the end of the world. And He has kept that promise. And I know maybe we've faced some low spots in life. Maybe you've had some things happen to you that you would rather have not happened. But I know this much, through it all, Jesus didn't leave you. He was right there with you. And so, our goal is to live a life like Him. We'll never be perfect like that. But if Jesus has forgiven me, i got to forgive others. If Jesus has been loyal and faithful to me, I have to do it to others. I owe it to them. And you're like, I don't owe nobody nothing. Well, Romans says, owe no man anything but to love him. You'll be in debt until the day that you die. The love debt. I don't owe anybody money, but I owe everybody in this room and everybody else I come. I owe them the love of God, whether they've been nice to me or not. I still owe it. It's a debt that I'll be paying until I die. And I take it very seriously. And I know all of you do in here too. So we're talking about how to make a successful family. This is how to make a successful life. You put these things together, man, you're on the right track. Hallelujah. Well, before we start to move forward, I'd like us to stand up together today. Amen. I know that may be kind of an abrupt ending compared to what I normally do. That's kind of a different type of service today. But did anybody receive from the Word of God today? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here, Pastor Josh, you want to come on up? And we're going to, uh, quickly here, we're going to do our prayer time. So I can have my prayer team come on up for just a minute. 
And we're going to move into some festivities and fun, but there's never going to be a service that I don't, that I don't make sure everybody in here is right with Jesus, man. That is, uh, if we don't do that, we've, we've missed it somewhere. We want to give everybody in here today the opportunity to make sure that you are in right standing with God. And if you're here and you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Now, we have got a lot of our congregation right now that is receiving healing. I know a lot of you have been out for the past few weeks with some sickness. Good to see some of you back today. Then there's still several that are out today. And I want to pray over them this morning. A lot of them are watching online and stuff. But we're done with this, man. I, we are going to be healed, healthy, and whole in the name of Jesus so we can serve him and live our best life for him. Amen. And so we're going to take authority over that. But the biggest thing of all today is I want to make sure that everybody here has a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I'd like us to, to pray a prayer together. And we're going to do this. And, and if you're here and you pray that prayer, what I'm going to do is uh, we've got a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer, where if you today give your life to Jesus or you rededicate your life to Jesus, we would like to hook you up with somebody else from church here that could be a mentor to you for the next 30 days. They'll text you every day. They'll meet up with you before service and uh, just, just pray with you, be there for you, to help get you on the right track, but we don't want to just have you pray and then say, good luck, hope you make it. No, we want to be there for you. Amen. And so I want to pray with you, and if you are interested in having a spiritual personal trainer for the course of the next month, I'll set you up with that. Uh, uh, Jose, wherever you're at. Okay, all right. So let's go ahead and, uh, and let's pray this prayer together. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Amen. All right. So this is Jose. Jose, can you stand over here this morning for me? If you are interested in what we discussed, a spiritual personal trainer, come on over here and see Jose in a minute. He'll get your uh, information, and then we'll go from there, all right? I'm going to take the next few minutes. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship. If you're here and you need prayer, we've got our prayer team. Come on up, uh, you know, quickly and efficiently. We want to pray for you today so we can move on in to the next uh, level of our celebration today, all right? So just a few minutes here. Come on up. If you need prayer, amen. Let's go. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name Stands above them all, and the angels cry, 
is the highest, your name, that is the greatest, your name, that stands above them all, all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name, that stands above them all. the highest your name is the greatest your name that stands above them all all things and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all and the angels cry today. Amen. All right. Well, um, I, you can go ahead and be seated. Okay. We got a few things. I know some of you are thinking like, man, I'm pretty sure I smell food right now. You do. And we're going to get to that, but, uh, just give us a few minutes here. We're going to let the, uh, children come in from children's church so they can watch this video with us. So, uh, the little guys are going to come up here and be, uh, sit on the floor, probably up here. There is a lot of children of this. Hi church. friends. My All right. Good job walking in your lines. Good job, kids. Good job, guys. Aren't they cute? They're so cute. Amen. Let's hear it for our kids and for our children's ministry. Amen. We love these guys. Praise God. And our teachers, we thank thank the Lord for all of them serving. Also, thank you, everybody, that helped set up all of this yesterday. And a lot of work has gone into this, and uh, I mean just everything, and so we really appreciate it. Look at these guys. I love the kids. These are my favorite people in the church, i got to be honest. They're, they're so awesome. All right, kids. They are adorable. <laughs> we love you guys. Good job. Sit down. All right. Sit down. Good morning, friends. Can I ask you to do me a favor real quick? You know, all these balloons are in here because it's Miss P's birthday. She's in pink right there on the front row. Do you see her? Okay. On three, can we yell happy birthday? Are you ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday! 
Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, well, we we have a video for you, Ma, um, because we know that if we let everyone hold a microphone, we'll be here all day and we'll never get to eat. So there is a video from some of you who have one-liners uh, from Miss P. And what a one-liner is, is it is just a, a quick blurb that you're known for saying. So things like, knock it off. Right? That's a Miss P phrase. But I'm going to share mine before we go to that video. So I thought long and hard about which one, because I've gotten to be around for like 20 years, which for me feels like a really long time. Um, but there was one that really, really changed my life, oddly. I mean, there's lots of one-liners, but life-changing one-liners are the best kind. So... I'm 18 years old and I'm in a kitchen with her and she's cooking and she's getting ready to put spaghetti into a Tupperware container and she gets out a bottle of cooking spray and she says to me, you know, the Holy Ghost told me to spray my Tupperware and it won't stain. And I went, "Uh uh-huh. I just said nothing. Then I spent days on end thinking, The Holy Ghost is talking to her about her Tupperware. (laughs) And in my life, that was crazy. But I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And my whole life since then, it has reminded me, he cares about the little things in your life. Amen. He cares about every detail in your life. And so it allowed for me to start listening to God in little things like, don't stain your Tupperware, you know? Because God cares. So, important one-liner in my life. Thank you for changing my life. All right. Okay. All right. We're going to do a video now? Yes. All right, Tim, this is a video of congregation members getting to say a few words, all right? We had to split them up because... There was, it was like a 20 minute video. Yeah, lots of people. Between ministers and people. And so, it's long, but it's a good one, okay? What can you say about Mrs. P? What comes to mind is train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Mrs. P, you've got a heart for the kids, and I love that. We love you. God bless. Happy birthday, Mrs. P. Your prayers, your understanding, and your words of wisdom are appreciated more than you'll ever know. Love you. Miss P is such an example of doing things with excellence. When I think of Miss P, I definitely think of her talking to us about doing things with excellence. One thing I remember for sure is her talking about how she would go and sit in her house in a different vantage point and look around to see what other people saw when they walked in. And that's how she would determine what still needed to be done. And I still think of that to this day. Happy birthday, Miss P. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Miss P. P. We We love you. We're so thankful for all that you have done for us and the example that you've set for us in life and in ministry and in marriage and family. Just such a wonderful example and a great influence to us. And we appreciate you. We love you. And we're just so thankful. Enjoy your day. And we just love you so much. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Miss P. We just wanted to tell you that we love you so much. And thank you for being such a godly example to us and our family. And we hope you have the best 75th birthday ever. Happy birthday. We love you, Miss P. Love you. Good morning, Miss P. 
I just want to tell you thank you for impacting my life in so many different ways. And I thank you for your kind heart and your love. I thank you for being faithful to your calling. And I just love you so much. And I just couldn't imagine my life without you today. You're such a blessing in my life. Thank you. And I don't want to forget to say that you just look beautiful. Happy birthday. Hi, Mrs. P. Happy birthday. I just want to say thank you so much for all the things that you have done for us over the years. And just thank you for being such a great spiritual mama. Love you so very much. Hi, Ms. P. I want to wish you a very happy birthday and let you know that you're such an inspiration to me to follow. And I love you. Happy birthday, Ms. P. I'm so happy and I love you so much and I hope you have the best birthday ever. Happy birthday, Ms. P. I love you so much. Hey, Ms. P. Happy birthday. Officer Hollywood, soon to be at least. Um, thank you for everything that you've done in our lives, my family's life, my life personally. I know I've been a mess coming in. I just want to say happy birthday. I hope you have a blessed day as you always do thank you for everything happy birthday mrs p i just want to say thank you for always being a woman of god putting god first everything you've done in my life i appreciate you more than you know i love you hi mrs p happy birthday i love you very much you're a beacon of light for me ever since the moment i got here which has been amazing and um You've helped me a lot, so much in my my growth, my spiritual growth. I'm so, so blessed to be part of this family, the High Desert Word Center family. And I love you. Happy birthday. And he died for our sins. The end. Oh, hey. Happy birthday, Mrs. P. Thank you for everything you've done for me and my family the last 14 years. The last five years since my mom passed away, you've always been like a mom to me with, you know, you remind me of all the little things that she does for me, you do for me now, and I just appreciate you and love you. Happy birthday. Hi, Mom. So, you can finally let everybody know that I'm your favorite child. I just want to say that I love you and I appreciate you. You have helped me out through a lot of years. Anyways, happy birthday. Have a great day. Happy birthday, Miss P. I said stop running. Be blessed. We love you. Thank you for being a very good example. Do I have no sir? Okay. Hi, Miss P. Oh, was the camera running? It was running. Oh, no. Miss P, I just want to wish you a happy birthday. I love you. You're my hero. And when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. P. No. What? Mrs. P, happy birthday <laughs> tribute. Take 42. Happy birthday, Mrs. P. We love you. <laughs> happy birthday, Mrs. Pastor. We love you. We appreciate everything you've done for us and our family. We hope you have a wonderful day. You're an awesome woman of God, and we can always rely on you to tell us what we need to hear. Good morning. This is Pam. I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, but I wanted to wish Mrs. Pastor a very happy birthday. Um, I love you. We miss you. And take care of yourself. Thank you. Hello, Mrs. Pete. There's just way too much good stuff to squeeze into one small clip that could show you our love and our appreciation and how much we're honored to have you in the Garcia's lives. 
There's so many stories that's come across my mind, but I'm just going to narrow it down to one, okay? There was this one time we were in the office, and you had these little popcorn prayers, and you were talking to the Lord, and you were saying, Lord, I want some chickens. And then we started talking about something else. It was just one of those little things. And the very next day, the Lord dropped somebody off and threw like four or five chickens inside the main gate. It was the coolest thing in the world. It was it was such a great experience. But anyways, I love you. We appreciate you, and you have a blessed, blessed day. This is your day. We celebrate you. Happy birthday. Hello, gorgeous Mrs. P. You're not just beautiful outside, but you're also beautiful inside. I'm so excited to be able to celebrate this day with you. You are like nobody else I've ever met. Your love and your care for people is so genuine. And what you see is what you get. You are the same anywhere and everywhere that you go. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there for me. And thank you for guiding me. You've made me who I am today, and I appreciate you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. I know you are going to have the best day. You've been such a blessing in my life and so many other people's lives. Happy birthday, and I can't wait to see you again. happiest happiest birthday and not just in our family but in this huge church family it's your loyalty and faithfulness to not quit and to keep on loving people when they're unlovable that has made all of us what we are so thank you for never giving up on all of us and for loving jesus and it's your turn if you would like to say something yeah, you want to say anything mom Come on up. <laughs> you want to come up here or stay down there? Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I could say, knock it off! <laughs> you know, I don't know. I tell you what, you know, with five boys and a girl, you know, I'm like Julie, Julie and uh, Katie, they get me, you know. Their kids do something wrong, and they get down on their level, and they're talking to them sweet and kind enough. They go, man, I was a horrible mother. Just always yelling, knock it off, you know. But it, it did work, I think. But I just want you all to know that I love you so much. I love my children. My children are everything to me. But you guys are my children as well. And I love all of you, and I really appreciate you all being here today. And we're going to win this thing because we are a family church, and what do we do? We equip God's people for victorious Christian living. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Amen. Well, uh, I did want to give a chance if um, any of my siblings would like to give a, say something appropriate for today. Uh, <laughs> Aside from all the inappropriate things your brother uh, yeah, said this no, morning. Yeah. So, do you, do you guys want to say something for mom real quick? It's your chance. Don't I'm say not it. seeing any nodding. All right. Josh, oh. okay. <laughs> My little brother just threatened me in front of the entire church. I did not. That was you the... all saw it. You saw him stick his finger right in my chest. Mom, you need to deal with this son of yours. 
No, my mom has always been a great mom to me, and I'm so appreciative that she uh, raised me just to uh, in the house of the Lord. And uh, you know, she did have a bunch of kids, and uh, you know, she struggled through the first two. And she kindly, by the time she got to me, she kind of had it figured out, <laughs> and then uh, did pretty good. And then from there, it started going downhill again. But at least she got one right, I would say. So, thank you, mom. The 80s called. They want their style. But, all right. Uh, all of the rest of the siblings are welcome to come up and contradict me. <laughs> I don't think they will. None of them are contradicting you. No, right. no, so I don't know what that true. says about you, but praise God. Okay. okay. So lunch is coming. Are you excited for that? Yeah. So Let me say ha- this. Everybody is invited to stay Please, for lunch. Yes. Don't say, well, I didn't bring anything. No, no, no. It's, it's not. fine. Stay with us. Let's have a good time. We got plenty of food. We want everybody to stick around and have a big lunch with us and celebrate for a little bit, okay? So please do that. So I'm going to give you a few instructions before we pray, okay? So first instruction, kids, can you hear me? Okay. So at a birthday party, we don't touch the cake till we sing happy birthday. You know what I'm saying? So stay away from the cake table. Put your hands in the air, kids. Okay. If you're under the age of 18, put your hands in the air. Okay. Say after me, I will keep my hands away from the cake until Miss P eats some cake. Deal. Okay. So there's that. Adults, I expect that you're capable as well. Okay. Don't come on that side. Okay. So... Wait till we sing to touch the cake, because there's cupcakes, you know, and little little finger in the cupcake. Um, the gift table and card table is back where the balloons are all set up, and that's also um, kind of our photo booth. So if you want to take some pictures back there, you can. And if you have not placed your card in the box for her, you're welcome to do that as well. There's a big pink box back there for you. Um, I need to tell you to please get your children... First, so here's what we'd like to ask you to do. Parents who are getting Jam and Jam Junior students, you're going to line up here, okay? Get these students before you go upstairs to get your nursery babies, okay? So make sure you get children before you get in line. That gives us time also for seniors, for you to get in line first, So we would like to make sure to honor you first. Um, And of course, the birthday girl gets to go first. You know what I'm saying? So uh, seniors, you can get behind her and her little crowd of people. Get your kids before you get in line. And please, would you be considerate of others? There's a couple of things that I have to remind some people to do. Because it is a family dinner. And you know at family dinners, people don't think sometimes. Please do us a favor and don't put your hands in the food. Use the utensils. You know what I'm saying? And if your kids are doing a little bit of this, just you get their food. Okay? So just have a little bit of manners. Be considerate of others. Don't take all of it all onto your plate. Okay? All right. So we're going to pray over the food, and then you can disperse. Pick up these kids first in this line. Then you can go upstairs and get the nursery kids before you get in 
that line. Amen. Okay? Can we stand up together this morning as we close out here? If you were with us for the first time today, or uh, um, first time in a long time, and you got an info packet, uh, turn it into Brylin. She's back there at the info booth. She's got a gift card for you to a local coffee place and a mug and some stuff. And uh, we just want to bless you today and thank you for being with us. And please, again, stick around for the food. Even if it's your first time here, we want you to be a part of this. Amen. Should we do our Barstow Faith Confession? All right. Amen. We've got to pray over the food. Pray over the food, then we'll do our faith confession okay. and dismiss. Amen. Father, thank you so very much for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have. Thank you for your kindness and faithfulness to us and for giving us Miss P. What a gift. I ask, Lord, that you would bless the food that we're about to receive and take sickness away from the midst of us and give us long, fruitful lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's do our confession, and then we will get in line. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is safe. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go.